Welcome to For Husbands Only, a podcast where I discuss the hidden, overlooked, and unspoken topics that most husbands wrestle with. What's up, guys? I'm your host, David Taylor, and this show is going to be a good one. (laughs) Now, For Husbands Only is a podcast that's intended to be an outlet for husbands. And I do mean husbands, so wives, stop listening. This is for husbands only. Anyway, it's an outlet for husbands who are hiding their hurt because they don't know how to process, communicate, and cope with the pain in a healthy manner. This show is also a safe place for husbands to go to so that they can receive insights into some of the major issues that men struggle with. Also, this show is a place for husbands to receive encouragement, direction, and accountability with helping them to become better husbands and better men. Lastly, this show is a call to action for men to escape mediocrity so that they can truly become the heroes for their families. And I do mean become heroes because all of us got a little bit of a hero inside of us. Anyway, you know what? There's going to be a show about that coming up here in the very soon future. But uh, yeah. So just be listening out for that one. But anyway, as I mentioned in episode one, because I'm bantering and just going off now. But as I mentioned mentioned in episode one, I will be doing a 10-show trial run. So this is episode number four, which means I have six more shows to go to determine whether or not I will continue to do this show. Hopefully, guys, uh, you guys are sending in your feedback, letting me know. I should know by, uh, you know, once these shows are all out because I'm producing all four together so i should know after a week or so after all four of these shows are out whether or not people really like the show but anyway let's get to today's topic today's show will be very interesting and challenging it will be both challenging for you to listen to and challenging for me to record i know people are like why are you going to do this if it's challenging you'll see in a minute anyway uh, i will be touching on a topic that is near and dear to my heart an issue that I wrestled with for uh, most of my life, actually, up until the mid to almost late 20s. Uh, I'll, I'll be talking about the lost and lonely husband, or as I like to put it, the island of your soul. As I shared in the previous episode, most men find their way to these secluded destinations as they struggle to cope with the anxiety that is produced that is produced by the awareness of their own inadequacies, insecurities, and the gaps in their masculinity that is exposed through their performance as husbands. So as we seek to cope with the gaps that's produced by what we say we can do and what we really can do, we go to the island of our soul. Now, this is an actual location that we men go to internally. So it's not a place you can go to on the map. This is an internal destination. It's a location in our minds that keeps us protected and isolated from the extreme conditions of marriage. (laughs) And yes, there are extreme conditions that is produced by being married. And I believe that it's supposed to, to help us become better versions of ourselves. Now we go there when we're sad, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, when we're afraid, when we're dejected, rejected, and insecure. This island is our way of coping with those emotions, and it serves as a barrier to entry into our hearts. So most people won't get into our hearts because we're already disconnected from them because we're on those islands. We go there to keep others out, and we go there to hide the truth 
about ourselves. Hmm, this is getting good already. In our eyes, if you can't see my pain, guess what? It doesn't exist. (laughs) Now, while this is useful for helping us to feel masculine, and after all, right, no man wants to really cry, (laughs) it still serves as a double-edged sword because on the flip side, it produces and exacerbates the loneliness that most men struggle with. So if you think about it, it's a scale. And on one side, it keeps us protected, right? It, it, it keeps us disconnected from those emotions. And so we feel more masculine. But on the other hand, we also feel disconnected, lonely, and unseen. And so it's, it's this double-edged sword, that this catch-22. If I'm going to take up residence on this island, I have to sacrifice feeling connected with other people. Yeah, I know. I struggled with this feeling for the vast majority of my teenage years and my young adulthood. I even struggled with this during the first two to three years of marriage. Now, no one knew, of course, and and my wife, of course, didn't know either because sharing those feelings would make me too vulnerable, too emasculated. So I dare not do so. But she could tell there was a disconnect. So I did what most men do. I pitched my tent and started living on the island of my soul. Now, As you can imagine, as a husband, you are all but required to have a deep and intimate emotional connection with your wife. That is part of the the rule book of being a good husband is to have a deep, rich and lasting emotional connection. We call it emotional intimacy. Uh, Now, of course, if you are on the island of your soul, it's going to be virtually impossible to do so. Now, and this is probably why your wife thinks that there is something wrong with you all of the time, because you are on the island that by default requires that you remain emotionally disconnected from her. Actually, on a deeper level, this island, the island of your soul requires for you to be emotionally disconnected from yourself. I know disconnected from any emotion that will make you uncomfortable. Now, let's explore why this is the case. See, most men in all of our greatness (laughs) suffer from having a low emotional IQ. Now, we'll never, ever admit that we have a low anything, but we do suffer from having low, low emotional IQs. Now, we may have the biggest muscles, the deepest voices, (laughs) or the highest paying jobs, but we struggle with having a low emotional intelligence. What this really means is that we don't quite know how to regulate our own emotions or, get this, recognize, filter, and appropriately deal with the emotions of others, especially our wives. By the way, this is most likely the reason why your wife feels so emotionally disconnected from you. I'm just going to put that plug in there so you kind of know what she's thinking and what she's feeling. It's probably the reason why. Now, most men were raised under one of these three conditions all of which often leads to them having a low emotional IQ. I want you to think about which one of these three you fit in, if you fit in any of these three. Most likely you will, but let's see. So the first condition is this. You were raised by a single mother, and you had limited or no access to your father. That was me. Now, I was raised by a single mother in a house full of girls, three sisters. I had limited access to my father because he lived in a different state. So we talked via phone. He sent cards for Christmas and for birthdays and stuff like that. And yeah, but some of you guys may have not had any contact with your father if you even know who he is. So yeah, so just think about that. 
here's another condition. Condition number two, you were raised by both parents, but your father spent the majority of his time working and providing for the family. So although he wasn't quite absentee physically, emotionally, he was absentee. And he probably was the typical machismo guy that works and pays the bill, brings home the bacon, you know, the one that doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't really give you any emotional validation outside of be tough, you know, stop crying like a girl, those things. Yeah, I'm sure you experienced that. Anyway, but that's the condition number two. Condition number three is you were raised by another family member or outside of the care of your biological parents. So if you were in the foster care system or, you know, mom or dad wasn't around for some reason, and you had to live with grandma or auntie. This is another condition that often leads to uh, men having emotional or low emotional IQs. If you're listening to this, you will most likely fit into one of these three modes. You're probably wondering how these conditions impact the male's overall emotional IQ. The answer is quite simple. Men learn from other men about masculinity. Remember my uh, story about pornography, uh, episode two of Penis Envy, or episode two of the podcast, uh, part one of Penis Envy, where I talk about how I learned from watching the porn tape that, you know, it's masculine to sexually gratify another woman. And the tool of choice is the penis. And that's what I learned from another man about masculinity, right? So men learn from other men about masculinity, but will get those perceptions of masculinity validated by women. So think about this cycle. I learned from another man. And this is, this is exactly what happened to me because I didn't have my dad in the house raising me. I had to learn from other guys. And those guys were, happened to be my sister's boyfriends who were in gangs and, you know, had money, appeared to be strong and had girls. So that's what I started to think about in terms of this is what a man is. And this is what a man does. He has money, girls, and muscles. So at the age of 14, I got my first job, bought my first car when I was 15 or 16. I started working out when I was 14. I dated my first older girl when I was 13 or 14. I think I was 14. Yep. Yeah, 14 years old. So think about all, all that happened at 14, because that's when that was my coming to manhood year, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but yeah, so I learned from another man about masculinity, but then I went to women or to a woman to validate that definition or that perception of masculinity. It's this, it's this, again, it's this vicious cycle. We learn from men, but then we get the validation from a woman. So we're really trying to appease women because we want to get validated from women about the masculinity that we see from the prototypical man. Yeah, it gets deep. But think about that. So we learn from other men how to be emotional or actually emotionless creatures. We learn from other men how to be tough, how to dominate, how to be fearless. And then we seek out the validation of a woman to confirm that we got it right. Think about that. How, and I want to ask you this question. It's not rhetorical, so you can answer. How do you seek out validation from other women? Is, is, do you get your definition of how attractive you are based off of what a woman says to you? Because again, we don't get that from a man. We get that from a woman. Okay? Think, I just want you to think about that. Men don't learn how to manage and regulate their seemingly feminine emotions because we're taught to avoid them so that we can appear strong. And I put strong in air quotes. Okay? You see me? These are air quotes. But we, we, we don't know how to regulate those emotions. And, and I, when I say feminine emotions, all human beings have both feminine and masculine features. 
Okay. We all have estrogen, which is a feminine hormone, and we all have testosterone, which is a masculine hormone, right? And we all have feminine emotions and masculine emotions, or what we would call society would call feminine emotions and masculine emotions. Okay. So we all have them, but men, (laughs) men, we don't know how to manage those feminine emotions because we are taught again that we have to appear strong. We have to appear competent, capable, right? Productive. So we can't have those other emotions that will make us appear more feminine. Then the women in our lives celebrate us for being strong and manly men. Think about it. It it, it baffles me how this cycle works. So women and wives, if you're listening, that even though this is for husbands only, so stop being nosy, but I know you're listening. But women prefer strong men. I had a, I, I was, I was having a conversation with someone. It was, it was, it was a, like a, not really a panel conversation, but it was a conversation about uh, penis envy. And I, it, there was a woman there and it was a guy there. And I was like, and I asked the woman, I turned to her and I was very honest. I was like, so, okay, think about it. If let's say there was a man side by side, identical physical features. The only difference was penis size. And one man had a three inch penis and the other man had an eight inch penis. Which one would you prefer? And she immediately thought about it and said, uh, the guy with the larger penis. <laughs> and I was like, why? Right. He's the exact same. The only difference is the penis size. It, and, it, and I think it's just infused. Part of it is biology, right? Part of it is the more healthier he looks, the more larger he looks, the more likely he is to be able to reproduce. I think that's just part of nature. Uh, animals do this, this as well. But the other thing is, I think we've been taught and women validate, uh, our masculinity. And so women kind of go and validate the fact that bigger, stronger, faster is better. And it's sub subconscious now, but it's, it's still in there. And so it, it was just funny to get that because we go to men to get the definition. And then we go to women to get that definition validated. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And then again, we don't, and and, uh, because of that, we are unable to regulate the emotions that we really will need when we marry our wives. And all of a sudden we go to the island of our soul. Yeah, because we're exposed and exposure is uncomfortable. And so to go to that island means that I can protect myself from being uncomfortable. And the moment I do that, I disconnect myself from my wife. Hmm. So it's, 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 it's a vicious cycle. And I want you guys to think about this. I want you guys to think about this. So again, the other women in our lives celebrate us for being strong and manly men. That is, of course, until it's time to connect on a consistent basis with them on an emotional level, which is usually when you get married. All of a sudden, the very thing that you presented with is the very thing that you can't give. Remember the mask, right? You present with the mask. You appear to be able to be this knight in shining armor. You promise to her that you will be this guy that will understand her every need, that will never make her cry, that will never make her feel lonely. And all of a sudden, you are the very guy. All of a sudden, you are the very guy that does that. I know I was guilty of it. I appear to be this hypersexualized, very affectionate, very uh, emotional, uh, attentive man. And I ended up being the complete opposite when I got married. Mm. But I, I wonder if you guys have, you know, experienced something very similar to that. You know, 
that now your true self, the person incapable of connecting with your own emotions and her emotions is exposed. And just like that, because of that exposure and that discomfort, you flee to your island. See, in order to be successful in your marriage, you will have to leave the island. If you've ever watched the movie Castaway, which I really, really enjoyed watching, you know that the decision is scary uh, and dangerous and life altering. The, the main character in the movie Castaway uh, was shipwrecked or I guess plane wrecked onto an island by himself, a secluded island. Um, and he tried a lot to get off and then he ended up like inhabiting the island and living there and pretty much thriving in his own way. He had a, a soccer ball that was his uh, invisible best friend. Oh, <laughs> it was just funny. But then there was a time when it was when he was ready to get off the island and he had to really count his cost and weigh whether or not it was going to be worth it. Because on the island, he had food, he had protection. There was nobody there pr uh, preying on him, but he was lonely. So he decided to get off this island. And it was a scary, dangerous, and life-altering decision. And that's how it's going to be for you if you decide to get off your, your island. You risk a lot leaving the very place that gave you comfort, even if while there you felt alone, overlooked, and misunderstood. I know. Catch-22. That's why you're going to have to count your cost. For the remainder of this episode, I want to share with you how I got off the island of my soul. And I want to discuss how you can incorporate this very unique strategy as well. Now, for some of you, what I'm about to say will stretch you. For others, you may be offended. But just understand that I am simply sharing with you what worked for me. Yeah, this is about to get real, real. <laughs> this is the part of the episode that I'm not looking forward to, by the way, because, uh, yeah, I would do something that I haven't done in a while. It'll make sense in a minute. My turning point took place over six years ago, by the way. This is when I stopped living on the island of my soul. This was during a point in my life where I was completely lost. Uh, my marriage was in shambles. I was dealing with daddy issues and I was struggling to hear from God about my life. I felt extremely disconnected in all areas of my life. I was on my island, but I wanted off. And I wanted off because I was suffering too much loss. I was losing things in my life. Relationships, marriage was falling apart, jobs. I thought that I was ready to leave the island, but I needed validation that my timing was right. At this point in my life, I had been secretly writing letters to God for years. And I know that sounds strange, but that was my only way that I felt that I can truly express what was going on in my heart to God because no one else could understand. No one knew about these letters, but I felt that if there was one person that could help me off this island, it would have to be someone perfect, all-knowing, and extremely patient. In my opinion, God was the only one to fit the bill. But instead of me writing another letter to God, as, you know, when I had done this, it didn't seem to really help because I couldn't really hear him as I thought I would. Instead, So instead of me writing a letter to God, I wrote a letter to myself from God. I know that sounds weird, but just follow me. This was one of the hardest things for me to do, not because I couldn't hear God, but rather because I had to read to myself what he said about me. As you may be curious about this letter, 
<clears throat> yeah, I would like to take some time to read it to you. I always get emotional reading this letter, so forgive me in advance. Hopefully, I can get through this. Let's see. All right, I have it here, so. <sighs> Dear David, I love you. How I long to take you deeper in me, to unveil the deep mysteries that I keep hidden. On the day that you were born, I smiled upon you. I shared my light with you so that you can infect many with my light. If you don't know by now, you are destined to be great. Your name is Regal. Your countenance is Regal, just like me. Sometimes I whisper to you just to catch your attention. <clears throat> Other times I move nature just to catch your attention. Your mind is so loud at times, so much so that most of the time you don't even notice me doing this. You have much to accomplish for my kingdom, and I'm willing to withhold no good thing from you. Take time to notice me looking at you when you look at yourself in the mirror. Take time to relax when you rest in me. Take advantage of your rest. These seasons come and go. Love your wife like I love you. Notice her beauty. Admire her beauty. Honor her. Remember, my love for you is undying and eternal. We shall meet face to face. Love always, Jesus. <sighs> All right, so I got through that. It wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. I'm glad because then you guys would hear me snotting and crying all over this podcast. Um, <clears throat> but it's still heavy. Wow. So this was my way off of the island of my soul. Um, this letter helped me to embrace many of the deep-seated emotions that I had been holding hostage. And it also let me know that no matter how difficult things got, God saw me. And he sees me, that I am affirmed. And on a deeper level, that I did not need to seek out validation from others. What I didn't get from my biological father growing up, I now can get from God. When I read this letter for the first time, I was able to cry for the first time in a long while. I was able to feel vulnerable and safe at the same time. All right, let me work off some of the some of the residue from reading that. Okay. So just give me, give me a minute. <clears throat> but yeah, I was, I was able to feel vulnerable and safe at the same time. And that's something that most men struggle to do, especially in their marriages. Now this approach may be very abstract and unique, but it worked for me. It unlocked something in me that I had been searching for, for years. I mean, years and years of searching. So I have a question for you. Are you ready to get off of the island of your soul? Are you ready to increase in your ability to connect on a deeper emotional level with your wife, with your kids? If so, I challenge you to try this method. Write a letter to yourself from God. To do this, you will have to first drop your guard long enough to see yourself the way that God sees you. And in the letter, if you if you remember, he said some very specific things about me that I, that I literally cherish in my heart. You have to literally stop the thought process and just write. 
Write the first things that come into your mind and keep writing until you are done hearing from God. And and that was the process that I took. I just got my little man book because it's not a journal or a diary. It's a man book. I got, I got multiple man books, but I got my man book and I had a pen and this was late. So I didn't have any distractions. Um, and I just started writing and the stuff that came out was very poetic and it just flowed until I got to the end. Um, and that part will be easy for you because it was, well, hopefully it'll be easy for you. It was easy for me to do that. The The hard part was reading it, that reading it to yourself is where the magic happens. <laughs> so, so I'm interested. I'm interested in hearing from you, um, regarding your experience with this exercise. And I challenge you to do it. Uh, I, I would say post your experience in the comment section of this particular episode, but I know better than that because <laughs> men, ain't, we ain't going to put ourselves out like that. So instead, how about you email me? I want to hear from you. Email me how this has impacted you. Like, did it work for you? And what has been your experience with reading the letter that God wrote to you? Email me at david at mendourmarriage.com. So david at mendourmarriage.com. I can't wait to hear from you. So, okay, now that I did the hard part, let's wrap up this show by just uh, saying something that needs to be said. Being a husband is lonely and stressful, okay? It's a lonely and stressful job. I will be the first to admit it. Often, we, as men, buy into the lie that we have to always be strong, that we always have to have an answer or fix the thing that is broken. That's simply just not true, guys. Okay, I just I want I want to crush that faulty belief. It's not true. And believing this will severely diminish your performance as a husband. It's okay to drop your guard, to lose the mask that we all wear as men. Your family needs this from you. So on our next episode, episode number five, we will focus on the man in the mask. This is where I get to dive even deeper on the topic of why husbands wear masks, how we use them, and the ways that we can unmask ourselves so that we can be comfortable with the reflection that we see in the mirror. As always, you can go to iTunes to subscribe to the podcast, type in for husbands only, and you could subscribe and leave a rating and a review. That way, the more people, the more ratings and reviews this podcast has, the more people will see it. The more people see it, the more men will have access to listening to stuff like this. Okay. You can also go to Four Husbands Podcast, F O R Husbands Podcast.com, episode four, to like, comment, and share this. Please share this on social media, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are. Let's get this message out. Let's go on this journey towards becoming better men and better husbands together. So we could be the husbands that our marriages need. All right, guys, until next time, I'm David Taylor. I enjoyed my time with you. I know that I read some stuff that was pretty heavy, and I appreciate your listening ears. I'm out, y'all. Deuces. Deuces.